0: we <laughs> It's the Adam Ritz Show, a social awareness talk show touching on fellowship, leadership, philanthropy, and more. Adam hosts the show on location from coast to coast, interviewing college students, student-athletes, campus administrators, professional athletes, and social experts about social issues ranging from bullying to Twitter and everything in between. And now, it's your social awareness radio host, Adam Ritz.
1: The Adam Ritz Show in Boston today. We're on the campus of Boston College. College, and we are broadcasting in front of this live studio audience. All right. That's fantastic. Thank you so much. For that warm welcome, uh, we travel the country to report on community service and uh, character and integrity within athletic departments. We're lucky enough to be with the Boston College Eagles football team today, and our guest is Alex Howell. Hi, Alex. How are you? Great. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. What's your position? I'm um, a kicker and punter. Kicker, punter. What's your year? Uh, fifth year. Fifth year. All right. So uh, what are you looking to do uh, in the short term this season and in the long term after you graduate? i uh, just be the best I can at everything. Alright, that's that's a high goal, high standards, okay. So we're here to talk about service projects and uh, how you guys help out the community here in the Boston area. What are you guys up to? Yeah, so usually every summer we go out to Camp Harborview, uh, which is for like low-income kids, that, and we, we just go and have fun with them. We rock climb, play basketball, play soccer, play football, uh, and then athletics as a whole. Uh, we'll go and read to kids, um, go visit special needs, uh, classrooms, and like just Justin and I and a couple other teammates we went and, uh played basketball with the local with the Newton North high school and that, that's probably the most rewarding part, just seeing people like happy to see us every day time we show up so those little kids uh how's it feel inside your heart when you see a little kid just light up when you walk in the room with your boston college gear on yeah i mean it's it's awesome, and one one thing that that I'm trying to work on um it's it it seems uncomfortable like the first time. But then after that, it's like more rewarding each and every time because you see the kids that they might not have much and they see like us show up and it's like the best time that they've ever had. You know, I've heard that before. Sometimes people are reluctant to get involved and then once you do it, you crave it. You want to help out more. So Alex, thanks for sharing that story with us. And uh, thank you again to the live studio audience here at Boston College. Let's hear it one more time. (laughs)
0: You can catch up with the Adam Ritz show online podcasts of recent shows, including this one can be found at Adam show.com. Like us on Facebook at Facebook slash Adam Ritz show or follow at Adam Ritz on Twitter
1: and the Adam Ritz show rolls on. We thank you so much for listening and we do our best to bring you interesting guests, uh, with expertise on topics, ranging from addiction to philanthropy to fatherhood. And that's the next topic I'd like to bring to you with our uh, special guest, Mike Haddorf. You are an expert in the field of fatherhood, aren't you? Well, I,
2: Adam, I appreciate it. It's catching me off guard. I don't know about expert, but I do have some experience with fathers and sons.
1: Before we get to your, um, you know, I don't know if, we, if it's your hobby, your business, your passion. Before we get to uh, what we want to talk about, uh, with fatherhood. Let's talk about you just being a dad. Uh, how many kids did you have? Do you have?
2: My wife, Sandra, of 39 years. Uh, she and I have four grown children, two in Oregon and two in Colorado. Okay. Two boys and two girls. Two,
1: two, two of each, perfect family. Um, and, and you mentioned Cal- Colorado, uh, which a lot of people call God's country. It's just beautiful. What part of Colorado are you in?
2: We live in Fort Collins, Colorado. And yes, I've heard, I've heard that several times. God's country. Um, it is a marvelous place.
1: And I met you um, while we were talking about something you do with fathers and sons. Uh, tell our listeners about this uh, retreat, I guess I'll call it. Uh, and how long have you been involved with it and uh, what it is? In 2005, I had the opportunity to
2: take my oldest son, Joel, to a camp in the um, the Tetons called Christ and the Tetons. And there's a whole backstory there, Adam, that I won't go into, but that, as Joel said later, he said, Dad, it was great spending a week with you in the Tetons, but it changed your life. And that is absolutely the case. What I saw, Adam, in the lives of the dads and sons that week, um, I, I just, I walked away, well, scratching my head, why are we not facilitating or creating these types of opportunities for dads and sons? And then uh, one morning, one of their board members at that camp got up and said, you know, we, we are, have prototyped this camp. At that time, Christ in the Tetons was probably one or two years into what they were doing. And they said we would like to help other guys, other men, elsewhere in the nation, to create other types of camps like this, where fathers and sons can go together. It's a Christian-based camp, and it's uh, based on the uh, or it's uh, based on the idea of rites of passage for young men. And uh, I just thought, Lord, if I could be part of something like this, I'll give one piece of every day. Now, I wasn't looking for anything to do at that time. I'm a a local businessman in Fort Collins, have plenty to do, but that that vision captured me. And that was nine years ago.
1: And so you took that upon yourself to... uh... To get involved with that existing camp, or did you start a new one, yeah. or or what are we doing here with um with the uh, with the fatherhood uh, camp retreat yeah. with your son?
2: Yeah. Great, great, great question. So I came back to Fort Collins after that camp, and I started you know obviously I mean I was so moved by the whole thing, and w- we're able to talk to you know several of my friends and a group of guys in our fifties at that time. Um, we, we signed a formal contractual arrangement with Christ and the Tetons. They, they gave us their information, and we had a formal agreement. And we formed our own 501C3, and in 2007, we launched our first Christ in the Rockies based out of Rocky Mountain National Park near, uh, near Estes Park, Colorado.
1: That is a beautiful park. Uh, I've been there with my daughters, as a matter of fact. The Stanley Hotel nearby. (laughs) Uh And and what is the,
2: when you think of the Stanley Hotel, what do you think of? What movie do you think of?
1: Well, you know, (laughs) we've done uh, interviews at the Stanley in the uh, category of American history and education. And yes, The Shining.
2: You're exactly right. Yep.
1: Yeah, it's a beautiful
2: hotel. It's actually under restoration right now. So there's quite a bit, quite a bit of activity going on up there at um, this, this winter.
1: So it's just a, a beautiful part of the country, uh, Estes Park and Rocky Mountain National Park. We're speaking with Mike Haddorf, who is, uh, can I call you the executive director? Uh, the executive or director. Okay, the executive director of uh, Christ in the Rockies. This is a, a father-son retreat, uh, a coming of age, uh, rites of passage, uh, to really teach a young man you know, how to be a man.
2: It's about authentic manhood. it was the idea was founded to a, a man who I deeply respect Robert Lewis, who wrote a book several years ago, uh, years ago called Raising a Modern Day night and that is really the genetics of Christ in the Rockies now we've taken that data and and now I have grown and I have researched about uh, rites of passage um, Ritual in various cultures throughout history. And in America, we're the anomaly. You know, we just don't do that. And there's several reasons why uh, that we don't. But this is a Christian based rites of passage for young men 15 years and older. Uh, and we hold it over a four-and-a-half-day camp in the Rocky Mountains. We do really fun outdoor adventure experiences. But that that is really the backdrop or the framework where the, the real work occurs. We look at Jesus Christ as the model of authentic and noble manhood. We compare our default mode through a series of teachings in the evening. Um, default mode as men, we call it Adam 1, the first Adam, mm-hmm. and we compare Christ, the Christ example model, uh, or Adam 2, the second Adam. And so the series of teachings where we look at what our default uh, default mode as men and what our culture is is feeding into us, but yet we look at that, what our opportunity is to follow in the light of the second Adam as men. And so it's not so much about praying a prayer and then living life on cruise mode, but it's about being a follower of Jesus Christ and what it means, Adam, to be a noble, authentic man within the culture of which
1: we live. And I'm sure uh, with that demographic of 15 or older, uh, it doesn't hurt to have a a 10-mile hike or a 20-mile mountain bike ride through the Rocky Mountains to sort of grab his attention. Uh, Not necessarily shiny object, hey, and now we're going to talk about God. But it really, I mean, that's almost, I'm thinking when I was 15, I I certainly would be a little more open to having that conversation with uh, elders and peers and my own father if I was in that setting.
2: Yes, that's exactly right. And, again, I think you've hit the nail right on the head that, you know, we have a beautiful backyard. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> in Colorado and it is it has a draw there is no question about it and and historically and culturally when rites of passage occurred it was always the elders of the community taking their young males out into the woods out into the wilderness whatever that context was and so it's a natural that we, we utilize that backyard in Colorado for such a venue as this and such an opportunity. There's just something about guys being out in the out of doors, breathing fresh air, seeing new and interesting and, and beautiful aspects of creation and doing things together. But again, Adam, it is, it's the backdrop of the real work. Of the father and son relationship and what it means to be an authentic man.
1: We're speaking with Mike Hadorf, and we're talking about uh, father son and this um, this Rocky Mountain retreat that is just so fantastic. And I have daughters; I, I'd go if I, I maybe I'll go adopt a son and meet you out there this <laughs> summer. Uh, but I have to believe that in that setting, um, there's some powerful stories. And I'll put you on the spot here. You're not going to be put on the spot because you've probably got a thousand stories. But give me a story or two or three, a success story of a man and his son who had some sort of breakthrough, tears were involved, powerful display of affection, uh, especially if it came from a dad or, and or a son that didn't even uh, know that that was going to happen.
2: Well, you're right, Adam. I have several stories, and I'll tell you the first story, this, this, one of the stories at Christ in the Tetons that... Uh, dramatically affected me there there were dads and sons from all over all ages in this case this man was probably in his early 70s and he had uh and he he spoke with a with a scottish brogue, and um he his son uh, about 42 at the time is ian and Within the context of Christ and the Tetons, and, and then later Christ and the Rockies, we have an opportunity for each dad to bless their sons publicly. And we do this at mealtime. So every dad has a turn. And so this was the, um, the evening that this man got up. And I, unfortunately, I can't remember his name. But he he faced the crowd and he entered, he had his hand over his son's right shoulder. And he says, gentlemen, I want you to meet my son, Ian, introduce you to, to Ian. And he says, I'm going to bless Ian in front of you this evening. But before I do, son, I have some things I want to say to you. And so he looked, then turned and touched Ian's both shoulders, and they were looking now face to face. Mm-hmm. And looking into his eyes, he said, son, you know that 25 years ago, your mother and I were divorced. And you know how I have spoken about your mother, derogatory, you know, implied, negative, over the last 25 years, and I've blamed her. And so I, I want you to know that over the course of the last few years, I've just realized how wrong I was and how I've used that as a crutch in my own life. And I need to, at this point, take ownership of that divorce And I'm asking you, son, to forgive me for how I've spoken about your mother.
1: That is amazing.
2: That is amazing. And I just sat there with my, I can remember the peas on my fork as I was about wide, you know, my my mouth wide open. Just saying, this is so real. This is so good. This is so authentic.
1: And so powerful uh, from a 70-plus-year-old man who, uh, you know, some could argue the older a man gets, the more codger, codger-esque he yeah. gets and, and is less willing to admit his faults.
2: Well, I, I, you know, I, I, would, I would have taken that same position. But I have noticed, Adam, I've noticed this now, being nine years into it, that there's, something that, that there's something that occurs in a man's life if he feels he's, that his son is pulling away. There is something in a father's life that that wants to reel that son in, and sometimes it takes till 75 years old. Sometimes it takes that man getting to a place of brokenness in his own life where he can even talk at that level. There's so much work that is it, that happens in this father-son relationship, and it's a, just a wonderful, wonderful uh, role of the Holy Spirit in 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 bringing in you know i'll kind of interrupt myself here you think of that passage the last verse in the old testament about there is a day coming when the hearts of the fathers will be turned to the sons and the sons to the fathers there's a lot of ways you can interpret that but i take it literally that there's something special about that father-son relationship and i've seen it time and time again over the last nine years
1: and i'm sure everybody that's been at this retreat uh, years later, have these stories and can remember and pinpoint, just like the peas on your fork can say, I remember when we had our, our breakthrough and it's, it's changed our lives. Yeah. And whether you're at a retreat in the Rocky Mountains or in your own backyard or your own living room, uh, these are great conversa- conversations to have with your family members and to hear about on the radio. So, Mike, we thank you for coming on and talking about this stuff. You weren't kidding when you said it's for fathers and sons Fifteen and older. I mean, the story you just gave—the son was in his forties.
2: Yes, and uh, we say f- on our website, fifteen on up. We, our oldest son, was fifty; has been fifty-four years old. And can I, can I just? Do we have enough time for Absolutely. me to? Absolutely. Um, we had a, a pair come uh, one year: fifty-three-year-old uh, man and his son. Uh, now
1: does he have to go to craft time and make a belt buckle with all
2: the 15 year olds (laughs) (laughs) no now now let's rewind for a moment he came with his son uh, the 53 year old father came with his son who was uh, going into uh, college at the time and they had such a great week together that this man went back to his uh, home of which he was a um a Bible study leader in his community. And he was telling the guys in his Bible study one morning, later after experiencing this Christ in the Rockies, he says, I wish I would have had something like this from my dad. And so the guys in the group challenged him. They said, why don't you call Christ in the Rockies, call Mike, and see if you can bring your dad next year, of which he did. And so he brought uh, what we did is uh, the two um, um, the, the dad and the son came as staff, of which that's part of our model, volunteers. Uh-huh. And I said, bring your dad along. Bring your dad along, senior, mm-hmm. and um, have him just part of the camp. Now, he didn't do the rock climbing and all the activities. He kind of rode along in the van and just was part of the team. But he, he participated in the evening discussions. And I'll never forget the morning that senior, who was 75, called out Junior, who was there 54, out of the crowd, by the fire pit where we have the blessings, and said, son, I have something to say to you. Would you come on out? Put his hands on his shoulder and spoke blessing into his son's life, who was then 54 years old. And so I went up afterwards to Junior and said, did you get what you wanted? He
1: goes, I got every bit of it. That Isn't that a great story? That's a great story. That is a great story. And it's all true. It's all true. Uh, you know, you need to document this stuff and make a, a reality TV show out of it. Or We're
2: something. documenting right here as a little, maybe a way to get started. I don't know. I've got a lot of great stories, Adam.
1: Well, that's fantastic. Uh, I spend some time in Fort Collins and uh, do some work with the Colorado State Rams. So I, I maybe uh, over the summer I can come. Uh, do a report live on scene uh, at the camp uh, okay. at the retreat. That'll be a discussion I want to have right after this interview. Okay, alrighty, Mike Hadorf. Before I let you go, let's get the digital properties out there for our listeners to get in touch with you. Your website or anything else you want us to know about.
2: We can be found at www.christintherockies all spelled out lowercase christintherockies dot org, and I think that would be the best way to communicate. We. We update our website every week. We've got blogs on there and teachings and so forth. That if you just go there, our dates for next year are already posted. So that would be the best point to, um, to get in contact with Christ. How many
1: sessions Earth. are there? Do they sell out? Um, how, how many people are there?
2: Yeah, we have two uh, what we call passage to manhood camps scheduled for 2016. Mm-hmm. And these are the conventional camps that we've been doing um, for now It'll be, this, next year will be our 10th year. We also offer, in the first week of August, a backcountry bicycle adventure, of which I lead, and then my youngest son comes along. And it is in, uh, it's a portion of what's the longest mountain bike route in the world called the Great Divide Mountain Bike Route. And we just do a portion of it through Colorado. Next uh, summer, Adam, we're scheduled for what we call Colorado South. So it's about half the state, 222 miles. backcountry, still writes a passage, but it is a roving camping trip.
1: All right, and it's Christintherockies.org. Could not be simpler. So we'll see you online and we'll see you on the mountain. Thank you so much for joining us, Mike.
2: And thank you, Adam, for this time together. It's been very enjoyable. Hello, this is Bob Stoops, head football coach at the University of Oklahoma, and you're listening to The Adam
1: Ritz Show. More expert testimony from an administrator with an enormous amount of experience. We love bringing head coaches onto this radio program to talk about social awareness issues. And today we're blessed to have Coach Everett Withers, the head coach of James Madison University Football Division I College in uh, Virginia. Coach, thank you so much for joining us. How are you? Thank you, Adam. Appreciate it. Doing well. You got a big smile on your face. This is uh, really just a new journey for you. You've You've been coaching for years. I first met you when you coached at North Carolina the Tar Heels, uh, you moved on to Ohio State, and now this is your program, you're the head coach at JMU, uh, how's it feel? Explain that smile on your face.
3: Well, it's, uh, it's been a journey, uh, got here in, in January, but uh, the kids have grown, boy, we've, we've taken a, a bunch of kids that uh, we said we wanted to build a new culture with, and they, uh, they bought in, and we're having a lot of fun right now. Okay, so uh, the head coach, you, obviously you know a lot about football,
1: and uh, we're not ESPN. We're not here to talk to you about football, although I might squeeze a little uh, third-down play out of you <laughs> later. Uh, we're here to talk about you know these social awareness issues. You've got young men on your team. Character is an issue. I know you recruit for character. Uh, academics is a big part of it. Uh, integrity, making good choices. Uh, how do those topics, I guess, uh, come out of uh, your desk and your office here at the uh, athletic complex
3: well I think first of all Adam you got to have a culture in place uh, and and we have some core values in our culture that, that really mean a lot to us uh, honesty uh, treat women with respect no stealing no drugs no weapons that's our five core values and and we talk about that all the time with our players uh, we try to preach that to them every day and what we talk about as far as academic social issues athletic issues whatever it is but no those are the five things that we really uh, uh, strive to, to really preach to our players, and uh, it's important when we go recruit that we go get that out of the kids who we recruit.
1: You played college football, and uh, I don't want to give away your age, but it wasn't exactly yesterday. I'm going to guess that um, when you played, compared to an 18-year-old freshman today, it, it's about – I mean, I know social media has changed it a lot, but it's the temptations are about the same. I mean. The women, the booze, its the character possibility of having character issues. Have you seen a big
3: change, or is it about the same? Well, I think the, the, the character issues and the social issues are, have changed in some ways, but they, in a lot of ways they've stayed the same. What's, what's out there now is the ability for it to, be go, to go viral. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what's important now is understanding that it doesn't take but one uh, uh, cell phone picture, uh, one tweet, one Instagram, any, for it to be out there viral now. And that's what it is today, is is it's readily available now, whereas back then when I played, it wasn't.
1: Now, I talk about that all the time, about how uh, social media is, is actually broadcast media. It is viral. It's broadcast to the world. But the way you just said that, a light bulb just went off in my head. It almost makes your job easier to recruit character because now – the guy, the bad apple, is more. He's more. He's more evident. He's out there because he's doing bad stuff on the internet, and you can see him more easily than you could ten
3: years ago. No, is that, is that true? No question. We're uh, anytime we're recruiting in a young man. What our staff does is we want to find out about his Twitter. His Facebook, his Instagram. We try to, you know, try to get all behind uh, the scenes of everything that he's doing in his life. And usually, a guy has a Twitter account, a Facebook account. He's on Instagram, so our coaches follow that, and uh, we can kind of tell whether we have whether we're recruiting a guy with character or not uh, by what he puts out there, what he tweets out mm-hmm. there. So yeah, it is easier for us now to do that with recruits, but it's also easier for us to do that with our players on our team now. We can follow their Twitter account, so uh, you know it. it it sounds like invasion, but it's not. We're really trying to uh, make sure that we're mentoring kids and helping them grow and not make mistakes. So it, uh, it, it allows us to do some things we need to do in recruiting and in mentoring kids.
1: Coach Withers is our guest from James Madison University, head coach of the football team, and you just mentioned mentoring kids. Uh, I'd love to ask coaches uh, who your mentors are.
3: Well, I've had, I've had a few. Uh, I've had, I had two high school coaches that are still pretty pretty important to me in my life, uh, a guy named Bruce Harden who uh, still, uh, still is a high school coach in Charlotte, North Carolina, and uh, a guy named Rudy Abrams uh, who was my high school coach my, my uh, sophomore year in high school. Uh, two pretty big mentors. Uh, you know, those, those are guys – a guy named Mac Brown. Uh, who uh, was my uh, college coach, and I worked for him at the University of Texas. We talk a lot, and uh, he's a guy I look up to, a guy I, you know, I bounce things off the wall with a lot because I really trust him. And then obviously uh, both of my parents are deceased, but I, without them, uh, mm-hmm. there's, there's no way that I could be any close to where I am right now.
1: So that's a little college football history for you. We knew uh, Mac Brown coached at North Carolina, right. uh, And then on to Texas. I was not aware that he coached at
3: Appalachian State, and that's where you played college football. Mac Brown was the coach there. Mac Brown, his first head coaching job, I think Mac might have been 32 years old. Uh, his first head coaching job was at Appalachian State in 1983. And uh I was a, a member of that football team and saw this young, bright, uh energetic guy come in and take this job and really change the program. And uh that's when I first started to want to be a be a football coach.
1: That is just amazing too in my head my little small brain when you can like with lightning speed you can draw the flow chart and see how a young everett withers at age 18 in boone north carolina at appalachian state university playing for a young no name coach named mac brown Three or four decades later, how that train weaved through Char- uh, Chapel Hill, North Carolina, Austin, Texas, and now here you are in Virginia with your own head coaching job. That is just awesome to hear. And you know what? It's great, it's great for, for me and my, uh, our listeners to realize you never know the relationships you make at some point in your life, how they're going to turn around and, and help you down the road. So don't be a jerk. Be a good guy like Coach Withers. No question. Uh,
3: <laughs> treat people with respect. And I think that's uh, that's part of this whole thing. And in and, and whatever we do, whatever profession we're in, whatever job you do, just treat people with respect because you never know who you're going to see you know, yeah. on the way down while you're going on the way up, on too, way up. also.
1: That is so cool to hear. Uh, before I let you go, uh, we love to get your perspective head coaches. You're the ultimate father. You're a father to these 85 guys on this James Madison University football team. And you've got your own kids, too. So right. we like to talk about fatherhood, how important that is uh, here in America. Um, I'm a young father, or, or I'm a young guy that doesn't have kids yet. What, what's your advice to me on uh, the topic of fatherhood? Uh, be
3: honest. Uh, you know, Teach your kids about respect, uh, about respecting elders, uh, about respecting people in general, no matter what uh, nationality, what geographical background, whatever it is, just teaching kids about respect. Uh, I think that's really important. Uh, teaching kids how to compete uh, and how to compete in life. Uh, not just athletics, but in life and uh, compete fairly, but compete really hard. And I think once you, you teach your kids how to compete and compete fairly in life and athletics, whatever it is, then, then you usually stay on the right track. So I, I really believe that. Did you uh, coach your
1: kids? In any sports, or you, you were too busy, obviously, with your job as a coach. But uh, did, did their co- their little league coaches like, hey, we got to get Withers over here and get some
3: secret plays? <laughs> well, yeah, my daughter do- my daughter played soccer. I tried to stay out of soccer. I didn't know enough about it. Uh, uh, she's now at the at the University of Alabama, so uh, she's not playing soccer, but she's going to school there. My son is in at Spotswood High School here in uh, Harrisonburg, Virginia, and uh, I have not coached any of his teams. I've tried to stay away from it. He does not want his dad to be be his coach. And I I get that. I understand that, and and I try to stay away, but I am a a big supporter of of whatever team he's on.
1: All right. He's a great father. He's a great coach. He's Everett Withers. Uh, I can't thank you enough for your time and for uh, hosting me on campus here. Beautiful campus. If anybody listening is trying to figure out where to send your kid or get an application, James Madison University, this place is gorgeous. We want to wish you uh, the best of luck here this season. Thanks, Adam.
3: I appreciate your help. Thank you.
1: Thanks again to all my guests, uh, Boston College, Mike Haddorf, and Coach Everett Withers. Join me on Facebook at slash Adam Ritz Show, or you can tweet me anytime at Adam Ritz. See you next time.
0: The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live, both in studio and across the country. For information on this broadcast, including how to hear this show on a station in your city, visit adamritzshow.com.